Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. No, summer is pretty much done and over, and they snow fall will be here, and the cool temperatures will be here as well. So get it over to Leon Tailoring. They can keep you nice and warm without burning a hole in your pocket. So maybe a little bit of a heavier jacket, or maybe a nice long sleeve shirt, or for ladies, maybe a nice heavier blouse, or heavier skirt, or dress. No matter what it is, you can get over at Leon Tailoring. Larry, Norm, Kim, and Judy, they'll take care of you like they've been taking care of me. Almost 20 years since I've been here in Indianapolis, they've been here longer than 100 years. So swing up by Leon Tailoring and tell them Abdul Sincha, Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. Blair Englehart, Lindsay Hake, our guests on the program today. Uh, they're both communications consultants in the world of politics. That's what we're kind of talking about uh, on the program today, communications, media, uh, political universe, the whole nine yards. Uh, Lindsay, uh, getting back to sort of that, that crisis communication type thing, when you first get work, how do you, how do you advise a client on how to deal with uh, something that, that could potentially blow up or is blowing up? I think the first bit of advice I would give to anybody who's facing a crisis would be to tell the truth and tell it quickly. That's the number one rule I teach in my crisis communications, either as seminars or courses or even ad hoc with a, a client. Um, but I think it all, again, really depends on what's going on in front of you, who knows it, and what you plan to do from here on forth, uh, from here forth. And and that's it really depends on what that particular issue is. If it's involving the legal system, you have to be incredibly careful. And You don't say. <laughs> in, other words, in other words, STFUP. Well, um, that <laughs> Donald brings, Trump. Mm-hmm, that brings... I've Rudy Giuliani. Con- yeah, I've had this conversation about this many times now. Unfortunately, you sometimes your your client is his worst enemy, his own, her own worst enemy and that's I think a scenario we've got here which is surprising to me I've seen him come off the campaign trail essentially that was surprising to me Uh, I didn't expect him to not appear in the debate I didn't expect him to cancel his press conference it was this about uh, 10 days ago he canceled his press conference was that Trump? "Mm -hmm." oh I fully expected it see this was this was general I mean rule number one in political consultant if you're leading don't go to a debate. I mean, there's nothing good, nothing good that's bad. I mean, it's just you can bad only hurt yourself you, if you're leading the way. Don't go to the debate because only bad things can say abate debate. <laughs> I got uh, you. Only bad things can happen. And we saw that a little bit. We've seen that this year in the mayoral. Well, we saw that last year in I, the Secretary of State's yeah, race. I mean, Hogs. If there's, I can't see him debating Shreve, but if he does, good. I mean, that's okay. I, I'd be up for that. Me too. Um, uh, speaking of speaking of debates and, and that whole thing, uh, how do you spin a debate? Because obviously, because remember when I did the U.S. Senate debate a few years ago, the, the primary between uh, Todd Rakita or Theodore Rakita, Luke Messer, uh, and Mike Braun. <laughs> I, I remember I remember saying at the very beginning, okay, number one, everybody won because we'll, we'll get you with your declarations out the way. And by the way, we're not going to talk about guns, not going to talk about abortion, not going to talk about this because guess what? They all agree. So we're going to talk about X, Y, Z. So I, I guess my question is, how do you how do you spin a debate? Well, seeing how a debate is nothing but spin to begin with. It, real easy. You hire a pollster. You do the poll five days before the debate, and you've got the, all the empirical data you need for your debate. It's right there in front of you. You can you can access the poll. Say, hey, we got a legitimate pollster from Edwards or Ragnar or whoever. Okay, here's our empirical data. That's how you spin it because now you've got facts, not just thoughts. So, you know, you got to remember at this level for Hogsett and Shreve, they don't literally go to the bathroom without polling about it. Okay, I know that's rude, but 
they pull everything. What color tie to wear? What I mean, it's it's everything because at that level, they don't want to take any chances because of the millions of dollars invested in their campaigns. They don't want to take any chances. So, I'm just glad to see a fellow political observer across the aisle who believes in polling and data and research and empirically tested information uh, because that's not necessarily the environment we're living in right now where polling matters. That's It's been poo-pooed many times by many in the conservative media who don't believe that polling is of worth. And we've seen candidates poo-poo it too. So I, I joke and say we all hate polls until we don't. Exactly. <laughs> Imagine that. Our guests on the program today, Blair Engelhart, Lindsay Hake, uh, political consultants, communications folks. So we're kind of talking about sort of communications, politics, and all the fun stuff uh, in between. Uh, let's let's talk about the mayor's race here uh, in Indianapolis for a little bit. Uh, like I said, no conservative, progressive. You guys got your candidates. I totally understand that. But uh, from a from a from a political practitioner perspective, how do you think, Lindsay, the messaging has gone in this mayor's race? Well, I think it's doing. We're doing great. With with um, Mayor Hogsett, he's getting all of his points out there that Indianapolis has a lot to be proud of. And man, I don't think I've ever seen a worse run race than Jeff Shreve's race. It's speaking of debate spin, the promo he put out today, uh, Tuesday, as we, on, as we record this conversation, mm-hmm, uh, was just nothing but a feature on how he did in the quote debate at the Hobnob last week, which was curiously picked. It was the way the the gorgeous slow mo video. You'd think he was in a hot debate between him and Mayor Hogsett, but that was you and I both know not the scenario at that event, and um, no matter what. The conversation was about how that developed. I I don't know. I wasn't part of those inner conversations as to whether or not that was supposed to be a quote debate or it wasn't. I do not know. Uh, maybe you all know more. But uh, it was interesting the way he spun that as being you know the valiant victor out of a quote unquote debate that didn't happen. Blair. Well, first of all, I mean, I'll I'll just let it out. Jefferson's a friend of mine. Uh, I ran Jack Sandlin's campaign when he beat uh, Jefferson Shreve. And, I mean, it was Jack Sandlin just ran one of the best campaigns. I think I want to go back for a second. I think we got to remember that no matter what we think as consultants, it's always the, the candidate's campaign. They have the final word. So we might disagree with something, but they always have. It. So let me go back to truth. Anyway, I, 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 I never criticize a campaign internally because I don't know what the thought processes are that go into their 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 ideas and their, especially the creative. Uh, again, everything's done with polling, so it's. How, I mean, who am I to criticize polling that's going on about Jefferson doing this? Um, I'm a little I'm uh, some of the creative to me is a little soft. I'll be honest with you. Uh, I'm hoping Jefferson comes out harder. I know Jefferson's team. I know the people that are backing him and they're they're good, solid, quality people. I'm expecting more to come out. Uh, I I. I uh, the production value is is good. It's decent. But I, I'm expecting um, – I think we've got a lot of time and a lot of money between now and November. I mean, we're going to see – if you think we got tired before, we're going to see millions of dollars spent. Well, I, I remind people that early voting is only about a little over a month away and some change. So – yeah, and it's going to be interesting whether we have even have decent voter turnout. I'm not convinced we're going to be over 23, 24% voter turnout, even with everything that's going on. Um, you know, the presidential next year is, is going to 
uh, who knows about that? It's already sucking the oxygen out of oh, the room. Oh, it is. It, 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 she's right. The, the presidential race is sucking the air out of every, all the races. I mean, look what we've got going on up at the 5th, right? Con- uh, congressional district for the Republicans. I mean, it's a free-for-all up there. And <laughs> we've got we've got others around the state. But, you know, it, 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 anyway, you get it. I prefer clown car. <laughs> I have another term I like to use, but we'll, but, but, is, but I think clown car is probably the best best probably the best. Be, we got to be nice right. for radio. I don't want to get you fined. Uh, but which, what did you bring up an interesting point on, on the presidential race? Because obviously, you know, Donald Trump is his own is his own creature, his own thing. Whether you, whether you love the guy or, or or hate the guy, but apparently something Donald Trump, I thought it was interesting. Uh, he kind of sort of laid the seeds a couple years ago saying, don't believe what they say about the race. This race is stolen. They're going to try to steal and do everything, blah, 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 blah. And he said it enough times that enough Republicans, at least according to polling, once again, that empirical data that they were all up to cite, have, have declared him the, the front runner and not by not by like a nose or head, but by like five or six like fields. Yeah. Well, for the record, I, I, as a Republican and more as a moderate, as you know, the, the election was not stolen. I mean, Abdul, Lindsay, that would have to be the biggest conspiracy in the history of the world. And it actually had to be a conspiracy that actually worked. It and, means everybody I mean, kept their mouths bigger shut. Bigger than Rome falling and catching on fire, bigger than, I mean, it, there's nothing in the history of, of the world that's been, would be bigger. And can you imagine what it would have taken to coordinate? I mean, <laughs> sorry, it just... You know, was there some going on in individual places? Absolutely. It happens all the time. But was there a major conspiracy? I, I, I just can't conceive of that. I hope the legislature hears him because I've I've heard more drama coming out of the House and Senate Elections Committee suggesting that that, in fact, occurred in 2022. Um, it's it's sad to me because even some of our laws that were pad, passed this year were in a reaction or reaction to this controversy that's living in people's heads and tinfoil hats. Right. And, and, and it's interesting, too, from also from the fact that talk about talk about your conspiracies to to a to a I, I've, I've, like I said, covered government for 30 years. I actually grew up in it because my dad worked in the military. To attribute that type of intellectual acumen to government folks, I'm sorry, folks. It ain't there. It, it just ain't. I share your feelings without <laughs> saying the same words. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying. Our guests in the program today, Blair Engelhart, Lindsay Hake, uh, communications consultants in the world of politics. Got up with them for about five more minutes or so uh, on the program today. Uh, Blair, so... Uh, uh, help our audience out here. How can audiences be better consumers of political media? What, or or what, what, can, what can they do to become better consumers of political media? I, I'd say open their ears and don't go one path, one down one path. Uh, as much as I mean, unfortunately, with the internet uh, comes tribalism. I've never seen tribalism like this. You know, I saw it in college in my fraternity, right? I mean, but I've never seen anything like this, the hatred, the vitriol that's out there. It's not healthy for anybody. Uh, it's not healthy for Republicans. It's not healthy for Democrats. It's certainly not healthy for because uh, let's face it. You go to the state house down the street. There are some wonderful people there who have done both on both sides of the aisle who have done wonderful things that have saved lives, saved lives and helped Hoosiers. We don't hear about that. OK, we just hear about the guy doing whatever. So we don't hear the good news that they're, I mean, Jim Merritt, the lifeline law, how many lives has Jim Merritt saved, right? Because of the lifeline law, who knows, but he saved lives. We don't hear about that. We just hear about, well, this guy's going after this and, and Jim Lucas is this. And 
we don't, you know, all we hear about is that negative stuff. If it bleeds, it leads. Lindsay, what can, how can people become better consumers of political media? I think it's in, up to each of us to own our own democracy, and that takes a certain amount of personal responsibility right. that many do not take it upon themselves to invest in outside of election time if they do invest in it. And that means knowing who your state rep is. It means knowing who your state senator is who they can call, what services they offer help with. I think it's important to realize that many people do not realize what they can get help with from their state legislator. And that's important, too. They don't realize the difference between their congressperson or their state representative or their state senator or even even their governor. And so, you know, answering the emails at the statehouse, it was always really infuriating to me when people are writing me about this issue that only Congress can speak to. Or likewise, you know, where you had someone emailing you on an issue that – you know, your state rep was going to deal with, and it was from the congressperson. They're like, hey, by the way, you should deal with this. You know, that was always really frustrating with me, and that's unfortunately the norm now. The folks need to do the same for their elections. Right. And that means Indiana has more to do when it comes to sponsoring, a sort of uh, invigorating the ability to take part in your own democracy, which is making it more widely available to vote, extending our voting hours, making it easier to register, having same-day registration. Those are types of policies that could really make a difference in how we invest in our future democracy here in Indiana. I also say having better candidates, too, also probably couldn't hurt. Never hurt. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. Our guests on the program today have been our good friends, Blair Englehart, Lindsay. Oh, by the way, uh, so Somebody wants to get a hold of you folks or maybe to procure your services, uh, Blair, how can they get a hold of you? Uh, just Facebook or EngleheartGroup.com on, is our website or, uh, you know, just who knows? It's Facebook, email, whatever you want to get a hold of. Thank, thank you for asking. I don't usually do this because I'm usually by referral only. Um, but if folks want to find me, I'm on X, formerly known as Twitter, at Onward Upward PR. All right. Well, Blair Englehart, Lindsay Hick, my friends, always good to have you here. Thank you very much for being with us. Thank you, Abdul. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.